Welcome back. Today we're going to be covering the top 10 albums from 1980. So I was uh, an 18-year-old heading into my uh, the height of my metal addiction in 1980. Uh, so I can uh, attest to buying all of these top 10 albums and a host of others, as you'll see some honorable mentions. Um, so looking back, it's clear that 1980 was one of the best years in heavy metal history. You had the new wave of British heavy metal introducing a cast of uh, hot new bands and injecting some uh, extra heft into the old guard. Uh, it really was an exciting time to be a metalhead. So as we always do with these uh, top tens, we'll start with number 10 and work our way back uh, down to number one. So let's get her started. Uh, so in a year dominated by the fledgling new wave of British heavy metal, it's fitting that our number 10 uh, record of 1980 comes from that stable in the form of Iron Maiden's self-titled debut. Uh, so I gotta admit uh, that this was an inconsistent record though, um, being nonplussed with the soft hard Remember Tomorrow and the ethereal Strange World. Uh, but there's no denying that this uh, debut contains some of the band's best material like the opener Prowler, uh, Charlotte the Harlot, the beyond epic Phantom of the Opera, and the titular Iron Maiden. Uh, I would consider this the band's second or third best album, actually. So let's listen to Prowler.
declaring themselves to be the heaviest southern rockers on the planet, with Molly Hatchet nipping at their heels, was Blackfoot that takes the number nine slot with their Tom Catton opus. So uh, st- uh, stomping rhythms here with the backwards and smooth vocal stylings of Ricky Medlock, uh, currently of Leonard Skinner fame, of course. Um, here was a collection of Southern tracks for metalheads uh, that they could embrace. Uh, just listen to Warped, for example. Yeah. 
UFO's Paul Chapman era starts in 1980 uh, with the underrated No Place to Run, which takes the number eight slot here. Uh, produced by George Martin of Beatles fame, uh, this album was seen uh, by most Shanker fanatics as a misstep on the part of UFO, uh, but to a dedicated few, the Chapman era is seen as the superior. Uh, and this album has an amazing opening uh, salvo. So uh, the album's uh, chock full of memorable hard rockers, uh, sterling metal opener and letting go and, and catchy softer fare. Uh, so No Place to Run stands as one of the band's best outputs in their long career. So let's listen to Young Blood.
taking the number seven slot of best albums of 1980 was Angel Witch, who introduced themselves with their self-titled debut. Uh, it seemed to be a doomed and doomy extension of Iron Maiden's opening statement. Uh, it's full of great song structures, hooks, and melodies. Uh, this eventually became a legendary piece of uh, new album history. Let's listen to Atlantis.
improving by leaps and bounds over its debut. Saxon inject their traditional metal with energy heretofore missing, uh, seemingly plugging straight into the excitement of the new album that was turning kids into rivet heads uh, in droves at the time. It's Wheels of Steel coming in at number six. Here's Motorcycle Man.
Come 1980, uh, guitar aficionados already knew that Frank Marine was one of the world's greatest guitarists, uh, but it wasn't until 1980's What's Next uh, that he and uh, the, his Mahogany Rush mates concentrated mainly on hard rock, uh, minimizing the psychedelic prog and, and blues tendencies in the process. So here is a result, uh, a perfect bullseye for metalheads and, and hard rockers. They can point to a merino platter and say to their buds, listen to this in all uh, confidence. Uh, just listen to the extended blast of Something's Coming Our Way. I would consider it the greatest guitar solo of all time. Just, just amazing. Unfortunately, it's too long to fit uh, on this episode. Uh, but uh, coming in at number five, Frank Marino Mahogany uh, Rush. With what's next, let's listen to the opener, You Got Livin'.
pounding the world like a battering ram. Judas Priest hit the jackpot with their critically approved British Steel, embracing the new album uh, that was in full flight in their native homeland. Uh, so opening and concluding with two ironclad stormers, uh, the mill made up of uh, a mix of welcome speeds. It was here that uh, Priest became a household name, uh, thanks to the red, uh, radio-friendly Living After Midnight. Uh, new and old fan alike celebrated this album, and it transformed the band into an arena entity. So taking number three, Judas Priest with British Steel. So let's listen to my favorite uh, Priest track of all time, Steeler. Jump! 
With a quick drum roll and some warbly vocals, Tigers of Pantang's Euthanasia introduces the world to what eventually uh, would be considered one of the best debuts of the whole damn new album era. So taking number three slot uh, is Tigers of Pantang with Wildcat. Uh, so here was a youthful bunch of dudes that could uh, be any of us really uh, bashing out an exciting and excitable brand of hyper metal, uh, Rocky's rollicking bass lines providing the forward momentum, uh, while Jess Cox's vocals provided the street grime. Here's Wildcats. <laughs> tough uh, deciding between numbers two and one on our best albums of 1980 uh, but I'm gonna go with uh, number two 
with the godfathers of heavy metal who were seen as uh, being past their prime date uh, by 1980. Ozzy uh, gone to start his solo fortune and young bands all around the globe uh, kicking out new aggressive music. So when Heaven and Hell arrived, everybody was surprised by the more mature and professional sounds. Uh, Ex-Rainbow vocalist Ronnie James Dio just fitting in like a T. A classic legendary album taking our number two slot is Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Here's Lady Evil.
Nothing excited this 18-year-old at the time headbanger more than Motorhead's Ace of Spades, which seemed to open up new possibilities of future matings between metal and punk. Uh, myriads of extreme metal subgenres would eventually be birthed as a result of Motorhead and specifically this album, Ace of Spades, uh, one of, if not the most influential proto-extreme albums of all time. Uh, so deserved uh, of being named number one album of 1980, and uh, ha which happens to be one of the heavy metal's greatest years. It's Motorhead, Ace of Spades as our number one album. Here's Love Me Like a Reptile. <laughs>
So those are our top 10 albums of 1980. But before we go, as I said, it was a great year for heavy metal. So there's a ton of honorable mentions. It could be top 10 material on anybody's less uh, just amazing year. Uh, so first up, Saxon, Strong Arm of the Law. Yeah, they had two superb albums in, uh, in 1980. One of them, of course, making the top 10. Uh, Def Leppard's professional debut, On Through the Night, uh, when they used to be a good band. Uh, Vardis, with their debut 100 miles per hour of amphetamized boogie metal, uh, recorded live no less. Uh, on the hard, hard rock side of the equation, we had uh, Ted Nugent's Scream Dream, uh, probably the Motor City Madman's uh, heaviest album. Then there was Van Halen with Women and Children First. And ACDC's blockbuster, albeit uh, inconsistent, Back in Black. Um, some other notable uh, uh, issues that year was Ozzy Osbourne with the debut Blizzard of Oz, Scorpion's Animal Magnetism, uh, the self-titled debut from Michael Schenker Group, uh, Diamond Head with Lightning to the Nations, Thin Lizzy with Chinatown, Budgie issued Power Supply, and Rush uh, produced Permanent Waves. So thanks for joining us. Until next week, have a great one, and remember to visit our website, www.themightydecibel.com. Have a great one.